Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today, man? Going really, really well, Shay. You know, we're staying busy. We had a fun weekend, and I'm excited to be back. Definitely staying busy, but yeah, it was a heck of a weekend. Uh, before we go into some of what we're going to be talking about today in terms of news, we want to make sure you get your answers, your questions answered, your answered questions, your questions answered. I leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to guarantee it gets on the show or drop it in our Discord channel meant for questions, which is in the description below. And also make sure you follow Henry and I on Twitter. We might actually try and tweet a little bit more. You can follow me at Shea and Henry at HB Burrison. Yeah, I don't expect you to be able to spell those. Those will be in the description as well. <laughs> yeah, check us out. I mean, we, we have the third-party pod Twitter, uh, but as we continue to expand the third-party brand, we felt like it was important for us to have our own handles and to start posting there more. So mm-hmm. be appreciate if you give us a follow, and hopefully we'll create something entertaining. Um, if you want to support the show even more than just dropping a follow, please check out our Patreon. Um, that was what powered our tournament this last weekend was patrons being able to participate Mm -hmm. and win prizes and get a bunch of benefits like extra podcasts and gaming sessions and merch and signed replica weapons. There's a ton going on over there and the support is just incredible. hundred percent. It's incredible over there. And yeah, we were able to run the tournament, like you mentioned. And before we dive into apex news. Let's talk about the tournament that we hosted, the second third-party invitational Apex Legends tournament that happened last weekend. It was a ton of blast. Walk us through some of the results that came out of that tournament, Henry. Absolutely. So we had some overall stats provided by a listener named Crazy. You can check them out on Discord and thank them, crazy underscore 1813. And we have the most popular legends. Valkyrie was number one at a 20.7% pick rate followed by Gibraltar at a 16.7% pick rate, and then Bloodhound at a 13.4% pick rate. Now, the most popular team comps were kind of across the board, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The number one most popular team was Ash, Gibraltar, and Valkyrie at 11%. And this is a team comp that I think we're interested in, and we mm-hmm. might be running uh, come this uh, split of ranked. The second most popular was Bloodhound, Gibraltar, and Valkyrie at 9%. And then tied for the third most popular, we had three different teams. We had (laughs) Crypto, Valk, Watson, Bloodhound, Caustic, Gibraltar, and Bangalore, Bloodhound, Gibraltar, all at 5% in popularity. You're really rubbing off on the listeners because Gibraltar made a name for himself in every team combo one that was at the top. So that's kind of fun to see. But this is a great diversity of teams that were actually being played and not just kind of one that dominated by a long shot as well. So I think that's quite exciting to see. And we love Valk. So seeing her kind of shine a bit was quite cool as well. Not on Stormpoint. Yeah, almost every legend made an appearance in the tournament, including Mad Maggie and Mirage. So that was pretty fun to Great see. bamboozles. Yep, no doubt about <laughs> it. And then there was a few interesting takeaways from the numbers side. Um, and it's that the kills and damage scored um, didn't vary very significantly when we switched maps. Um, play style between each map uh, when it came to 
in-game gunplay and aggression was extremely similar. Now, a little bit of a tip, a little bit of an observation. Securing kills is a major component of doing well in any tournament for Apex. Doing so quickly is also incredibly important because that way you avoid third parties and you're going to be placing higher. The teams that did the best in terms of damage to kill ratio were the Skin Bags, Scouts, and Boys to Samurai, with our winning team placing sixth overall in kill efficiency. Now, before we announce who won, a fun fact about the winning team is that they met each other in our Discord and have been playing together constantly since meeting via the podcast. The coolest thing to hear and see when we talked to them. It was an absolute, I mean, just a treat. You know, that's what Henry and I kind of set out to try and do with making this podcast and making this community. So having that kind of come to fruition in action in one of the biggest and coolest ways in our community yet was just fantastic. Absolutely. So we'll throw it over to the interview with the winning team Mm -hmm. and uh, hope you enjoy it. All right, so last weekend we had the second third-party Invitational tournament in a private lobby Apex Legends game. There was five total matches. The first three were on Kings Canyon. The second two were on World's Edge. And we're joined today by the winning team. One controller, two brains. They had an incredible run. Um, They won both the third and fourth game, one of them being on Kings Canyon, the second one being on World's Edge. That win in round three came with 19 kills, and their second win came with 15. So just a bloodthirsty team here, and then supported by really decent placement with sixth place in round one, fourth in round two, seventh in round five, with a handful of kills each. Wow. I mean, there. this was definitely a, a great tournament showing for this team. They had 89 points in total. The second place team had 69. The third place team had 46. And the fourth place team had 36. So that was Vivo, SSD, and Boys to Samurai uh, in descending order. Really impressive. So excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, how are you doing? Hello. Thank you for having us. The first thing that we want to know is you had a team comp of Gibby, Bloodhound, and Caustic. One of those really stands out to us. Who's playing Caustic, and what was the thought behind that? That was Richie Jr. 07 was on Caustic. Yeah. Richie, we decided to put Richie on Caustic. Uh, We were going to have him play Valk, but because you don't really need uh, we didn't feel like you needed Valk for rotations on King's Canyon as much. It's a little bit smaller. We felt like we could just rotate super yeah. quick, get to a spot, caustic, trap it up, hold it down. Um, so that was why we decided to have him on caustic. And uh, we actually were going to put him on uh, Valkyrie uh, for World's Edge, but it was just working so well and uh, working well in endgames. We are like, let's not change it up. Let's just keep the caustic in there. And then you won the back-to-back. Yeah, it was funny. All week, though, he was practicing on Valk, so it was like yeah. a last-minute decision. Let's play some yeah. caustic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to a certain extent. And yeah, seeing the Caustic thrive was uh, quite entertaining, to say the least. (laughs) There were a few Caustics in the tournament. So there was some crazy late games where you had two, you know, two, three ults going down, a bunch (laughs) of barrels everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you thrived in the gas, that's for sure. Um, Talk to us a little bit about 
your drop locations. Where were you guys? What's your line of thinking on Kings Canyon? And what was your line of thinking on World's Edge for that? Uh, do you want to take that, Mr. Poopy? Sure. So for Kings Canyon, we decided to go swamps. Okay. Uh, just because we usually know that no one ever goes there. So the uncontested, that's the goal. Yep. And then also that spot usually gives you a replicator and or sometimes a beacon. So we said that's huge. We can go into every fight with the blue shield or uh, we'll also get beacon and see how far we have to go. So that was our thought process for swamps. It's like you've been listening to the pod. Yeah. The keys definitely uh, for us was like looting super quick and uh, just uh, rotating as fast as you can and skipping boxes and just sometimes just running straight through loot just to get there to the ring extra quick. You guys played quite aggressive. Looting quick, positioning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, then for uh, for World's Edge on Lava, we just decided to land that place too because it's the same exact thing as Swamps. No one ever goes there. We get Beacon, we get a Replicator, and it's huge to have that no-name up north where our recon guy can land by himself, hit Beacon, and you just loot towards us and we just get out of there. And when you say Lava, you're meaning Lava Station. Yes. Yes, yeah. That's a really big POI. I personally am always scared to drop there because you have to spread out so much but you got it uncontested yeah it was really big but a lot of it actually just goes unlooted because you just need to get out of there yeah there are some buildings i would just like run right past knowing there's a bunch of loot in there i was like i gotta get to my team we gotta rotate (laughs) i can't stop so yeah i believe it freaking awesome i mean henry you have more questions on the tourney specifically well i mean the Gibraltar play I thought was top tier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'd like to hear more about that first win. 19 kills. That I mean, you guys were the kill leaders for the whole tournament based off that alone almost. Um, you guys were just on fire. Yeah, we definitely caught a little fire there too. Then uh, yeah. being able to just walk up with the ring and uh, kind of get easy pickings in the back. Yep. That was huge for us. Were you guys going in planning to play aggressive, planning to play kind of towards the edge and then fight as many teams as possible? Because all your games, you had pretty good kills, but obviously your two wins were just massive games. Were you looking for the kills over everything else or were you thinking placement first at all? I think it was definitely placement first and then kill second. So we would try to get to ring and then we'd look behind us basically and try to kill everyone rotating in. And then since you have uh, the edge of circle, you don't actually get focused as much because you're not in the middle. So playing like kind of the edge of circle, but inside of it and killing the teams coming in and then letting the teams in the middle get focused. And then once they die, you rotate in farther. That's kind of the idea of it. So not like directly in the middle we were in, but uh, we were definitely... Not playing uh, four kills 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, Richie's just a fragger, so he just was getting those kills. I mean, there's 19 kills, but I think he had 11 of them. So <laughs> <laughs> in one game, I mean, he was just going nasty. <laughs> I was very, very surprised how many kills I got. <laughs> I love it when the entry fragger says, I don't really know what happened, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the end of the game. The game ended, and he goes, I have 10 kills. I was like, What? <laughs> you have 10 kills? <laughs> just going crazy. Well, Man, it was a crazy tournament. You guys showed out in every way, shape, and form from placement to kills. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, you might go back to back next tournament. I know you guys you guys were up there on the last one, but I think you could I think you could definitely repeat. Before we say peace and thanks for joining, let's get a little bit out of each one of you. Just tell us and we'll start with you, Ace. Um Who's your main? <laughs> when did you start playing Apex? And what's your favorite loadout? All right, I love a Bloodhound. 
uh, of the scans. Uh, he's just a great team player. And I think the, he's underrated, actually, in the final ring um, for figuring out where teams are at, when a team gets knocked, when to push, what you know, all of that, figuring out just different angles. Um, he's really good for end game as well, just taking fights overall. I think like having a scan, just knowing where they're at, learning to rotate, uh, taking angles is so useful. So I just love Bloodhound. Um, my favorite loadout right now is probably the Wingman R9. Or like sometimes, like the one game I went double SMG, I think that went really big. I went R9 Prowler, and I just yeah just use that to the aim assist to my advantage and rotation. <laughs> I love it. And then um. Yeah, my history, I started playing like season one, uh, stopped for like a really long time, picked it back up in season seven, and been playing a good bit since. Very good. Nice. Who wants to go next? I'll go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I play Gibraltar and Wraith. Uh, mostly been working on a little bit of Gibraltar side. More. Ever since you got the heirloom. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my go-to loadout for Gibraltar is definitely a, a 301 with a three times and a Peacekeeper. It's just uh, you're either going to be far from your team or you're going to be right in the middle of it. So it's kind of a good balance to both. I love that loadout. Um, for me, my history, I've been playing Apex since like day zero. Ever since they kind of just launched it without any promotion and say, well, this is Apex. <laughs> <laughs> so the good old days where the weak man would kill you, and <laughs> you would have no idea. <laughs> like, what the heck did I get hit by? It's a, it's a different game nowadays, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Rich, you want to wrap us up? Oh, uh, sure. I wouldn't say I really main anybody. I think the most, the one I have most kills with is Bangalore. Octane's one I use a lot. Okay. I'd say Octane and Pathfinder probably. Fair enough. Good ones. And my favorite, my favorite loadout, like the same as Fubi, like a 301 and a shotgun or a 301 and a wingman. Can't go wrong with the R3. Both great answers. I've been playing since the game came out. Like I started on console and I'd say about maybe a year ago, I started playing on PC again. That's awesome. Awesome. Console to PC. It sounds like you got some uh, minds after ourselves as well. Day zero players started on the good old console, switched to PC. It's a, it's a good journey. Henry, any last questions or thoughts before we wrap it up? Congrats, guys. I mean, very well played. You'll all be receiving a third-party hat, so wear it with pride, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Henry. Thank you, Shay. That was really fun. Definitely. Lots of fun. Awesome interview. Welcome back. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Man, 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 man. Any final thoughts before we just dive right into the news with talking with the winners and, you know, overall the tournament itself? It was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the next one. We're trying to get the logistics with Respawn on how and when we can do it again soon, and I can't wait. Yeah. We got some ideas, you know, potentially on changes as well to rules that could happen and so we'll keep you guys always posted on if something like that happens but yeah hopefully third party invitational three will be better than the first two so we'll keep it rolling and yeah if you win you get to be on the podcast which is officially the only route to make it on the podcast uh as a listener that's right with that though let's dive into the news first piece of news we got a new rank split Welcome to King's Canyon, baby. We're back. Honestly, we don't need to talk about this too long. Check out Saturday's episode. We're giving a deep dive on King's Canyon, kind of some of our early strategies coming back in. Kind of update you guys throughout the rank split as we play and kind of adjust our strategies. But I think we got a pretty good starting spot. 
You excited to have Kings back? I know you're a huge OG fan. Yeah, I very much am. Uh, you know, this map hasn't been updated for a year, so there's not a lot major new that you're going to yeah. have to react to. But for some people, it's been a long time since they've really played on Kings Canyon. So I think a refresher is in demand. And I'm personally really excited to play ranked on Kings because I just think it's so classic and we're mm-hmm. so comfortable with the rotations and the POIs. 100% agree with you. Speaking of Kings, though, we got a nice tease from Josh Medina over on Twitter. He posted a picture overlooking uh, Skulltown on Kings Canyon with a nice little GTA character looking on with the caption, as this new split begins on our beloved KC, let's make it a good split and await next season. We are probably looking at a Skulltown tease which lines up with some of the stuff we've heard through the grapevine and what could be coming in the near future. Lore-wise, we've thrown some ideas around of how it could come back in some way, but I'm still fascinated by how they would go about doing that, if it would be the same Skulltown or if there would be you know, drastic changes to it, essentially. I'm really leaning that it's going to be different. Like mm-hmm. the idea that it's going to be a recreated school town makes the most sense to me. Um, but this could change the map a lot. Yeah. Um, it would 100% change the map. I don't know how they would do it. Do they put it back in the spot where it was? Like, is it a moved location now? It's There's a lot yeah. to kind of unpack there. The addition of Crash Site and Rig really bumped out the map in a mm-hmm. substantial way. So if we're not placing the new Kings Canyon on the current footprint of the map right now, Kings Canyon is going to get big. Um, Mm -hmm. If they had the biggest POI on the map on top of what we already have. Back onto the edge too as well, which is, it's always a little weird when you have the huge POIs on the edge versus the center, kind of like, you know, West and East Fragment. But obviously if Skulltown comes back in some way, shape or form, the hype will be unreal and uh, we'll sure as heck enjoy it as well. So I think all around would be good stuff to see. Next piece of news, though, we got a little April Fool's gift. A little recap. We got the Nessie Mozam. You know, we got some AI that was working as a Nessie. Were you able to try and chase down some kills with the Nessie Mozambique on April Fool's to have some fun with people? (laughs) Yeah, that was nuts. We had no idea that was going to happen. Totally hidden. Mm -hmm. I was going in expecting full auto Mozambique with, you know, nine rounds in the mag. Mm Mm-hmm. This was nuts. I'm really surprised that they did this um, with the Mozambique, but then also on Stormpoint with the Prowler nest being Nessie nests and just kind of, and then mini Nessies and the spider eggs. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was a pretty created uh, April Fool's. Yeah, it was super creative and just also a great way to do some fan service. Like everyone loved it. I mean, nobody was like frustrated for the day of seeing like these Nessies around. It was just all good fun in the end. Uh, next piece of news though, and this is kind of an interesting one. We got more Apex Legends mobile drama. Okay. It was officially announced that, that you are going to be able to de-rank an Apex Legends mobile ranked, which is what a lot of people in the rank scene have been calling for as a change to the current system that we have. This probably is only going to add fuel to the fire in that. And there's a lot of rumors that we're going to see a big, drastic ranked overhaul going into next season. Uh, we've seen Josh Medina and a couple other folks kind of make some comments on Twitter about that. Not sure what it could look like. 
it would be interesting though if we kind of stayed separate i think would be kind of an interesting thing to see if apex if there was no deranking in pc console and then mobile had deranking and you're just going to have them butting heads on social media with it's not going to be a happy scene for a lot of pros and you know high level content creators that are you know in that pred scene that think this would make a drastic difference yeah i mean i think the current state of ranked isn't the end of the world, honestly. I'm not super extreme about it being unplayable. There's mm-hmm. a lot of discourse about what's the current state, but based off the point system, based off the changes, I don't see anything so drastic that destroys the integrity of our rank system, like a lot of people have said. Yeah. What I can say is that having a D rank system is already in our apex with arenas. Arenas, you can derank. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is a very normal curve that's yep. skewed to the right. The BR from the data that we have from third parties does not show a normal curve mm-hmm. distribution. And at the bottom of each rank, you see a huge influx of players, of people. Yeah. Um, it, I personally feel really disappointed that it's now been over a year since we've gotten any rank distributions officially from respawn i'm pretty disappointed by it just because we were given personal assurances that we would have that Mm -hmm. information uh, seasons ago and so the fact that we're making all these changes without really knowing why is disappointing but the other thing that i want to point out and we're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode for sure Mm -hmm. um in depth but the other thing i want to point out is we don't want the rank system to be based off kills. You know, that was mm-hmm. the whole argument almost a year ago. And now that the kills were reduced a little bit and placement was increased in terms of the point value, should be the right direction. I'm surprised that the mm-hmm. result has been ranked as ruin. You yeah. can rat and not fire a shot in order to get to diamond or masters, and it's easy. In my eyes, it's definitely harder to get placement than it is to get kills. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's playing out in the opposite way. It's really interesting to see. And I think the end result is that there's something that's off in some way, shape, or form. You know, it it is weird that our pred cap right now, you have to get the 46,000, you know, to hit pred. The RP gain is like the RP gain is unreal. And so that's something that's really interesting. And obviously, like how it is right now, that's not healthy. I don't think you should. If you have 40,000 RP, yeah, you doubled up a master. You should have something separating you from that batch, whether that's another ranked or something else in there to kind of like figure things out. I'm not sure. The whole kills and placement thing, like it's... It's just, obviously, it's going to always be a frustration for people. People always want to complain about something. But it is weird to see people like, hey, hit, look, I hit Diamond. Or look, I hit Masters with no kills. Like, that's yeah. crazy. That that post, that those posts are actually going around. Like, multiple people have done that. That's insane to me. And so, I think the kind of the end takeaway from me, for, for me at least with it, is just that something's off. And it sucks that they haven't gotten communication about what they've tried to do. But I hope... For the next step, when they try and do something else, which they are going to at this point, people are too frustrated. Just explain why. Explain why we're going in that direction. And 
Hopefully it'll make some sense. If you bring in demotion, I need to know why. I can make my own assumptions for sure. We'll try to explain it to you if we don't have any explanations, but we've also heard from developers why there is no rank demotion in the past. Mm -hmm. So we just need that kind of communication with the team and whether we actually get it in the form of a, you know, patch notes kind of thing or Henry and I have to go try and interview someone to get it to you guys, we'll try and figure that out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and the reason that I I say I don't think ranked is broken, I agree that something's off. Yeah, but and I'm not saying the broken vast either. majority of mm-hmm. players, I think you can still play ranked and totally. get RP and lose RP. Matchmaking is as good as it's ever been. I don't think that for most players it's impossible. The fact that the pred cap is so incredibly high is definitely proof that something is off. I just look at the numbers of what they changed this season, mm-hmm. and I don't quite get it. It could yeah. be the explanation, but mm-hmm. I look at the max amount of points you can get per game was reduced by 25, regardless of kills and placement. You can't get the same amount of points per match as you could last season. Mm-hmm. And then they reduced the amount of points you can get from kills by 50 points. Mm-hmm. So it, it weighted placement 50 points more in total. Mm-hmm. but reduce the cap by 25. So I would assume it's going to be slower to rank up just because you're getting mm-hmm. less points from kills, you're getting less points overall. I'm shocked that we're seeing record numbers of RP. Yeah. And it, it's not it even really close. Shocks me. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the crazy thing. And so there's something yeah. going on besides what they changed. I just want I an think. answer. I want an answer to the age-old question of once you hit 20,000, if you're not going to hit Pred, why should you play ranked? Like That's, I think, something that needs to be discussed and solved uh, at this point. And the gap getting longer and longer to get from Master to Pred is just going to make the 20Ks you know, do the stuff that frustrates the people that are at the top of the rank even more. So it's a vicious cycle right now. And We'll see how it's sorted. Anyways, like you said, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. Maybe even do an episode on it. But let's keep this rolling. Uh, Next piece of news, we got the Apex Legends Chronicles. They are wrapped up. The finale is live. Really cool system in terms of what they did for the chapters integrating into the firing range, in my opinion. We'll give you guys kind of the lore breakdown and the story next week in the news. We don't want to spoil stuff for you. Um, And honestly, we need to wrap our head around it more a little bit after we kind of discussed it on the behind the scenes a little bit because there could be some big takeaways from this one for sure. Totally. I really love the playable being in the firing range. I think that was Mm -hmm. an improvement from the last one. And the lore could be a big deal. So Mm -hmm. go play it if you haven't, and we'll recap it next week. Before we dive into questions, we got one quick leak to cover. Uh, if you don't like leaks, skip ahead a minute and a half, two minutes. We'll knock this out quick. I'm putting a time crunch on it, uh, Henry. Uh, so this one's coming from Thornton Smash. There's a new type of item potentially coming to the Apex Games called the Shield Capacitor. Unclear if it'll be a survival slot item because it looked to be in like a separate slot from the survival slot, but it was not inventory. Not sure how that works. And the text reads, heals, uh, heals small amounts of shields. 60 second cooldown. Obviously, you know, that sounds a little bit Watson-y in terms of abilities. What's that mean for her? But what do you think of something that does kind of like the short or the heal over time function? Yeah, so I think it could be something like that, almost Mm -hmm. a copy of Watson. But I also think it could be a reusable shield cell that has Mm. a cooldown. So a small heal that is infinite 
but has a cooldown. And that could really change the inventory system of yeah. having more bats, mm-hmm. less cells. Um, I, I find it kind of interesting. Um, it, it's but, fascinating. I mean, I didn't even think about it like that, and that's probably actually closer to what it is because you totally are looking at like the infinite heal system that we've seen in other, you know, kind of LTMs. And mm-hmm. yeah, if we're frustrated with looting uh, from an Apex respawn team, that makes sense in terms of a route to go to kind of figure that out. Interesting thought for sure. Anything else on that? I think that's it. Cool. Let's go wrap this episode up now with some five star questions. This first question is coming from Koi. Five star. I'm new to the podcast and I've absolutely loved listening to you guys go back and forth. I started back at episode one, listened all the way through, and it has been a nostalgia, nostalgia trip to say the least. I'm a day one player on PS4 and now PS5, and I've played at Apex Predator level from the early days of ranked. I've played religiously for so long, made an aggressive legend for 12k plus kills, and achieved Predator for a season, so I found myself not knowing what to really play for. After taking a few seasons breaks, I found you guys, and boy has it been an experience. I never thought, never would have thought of myself playing Loba, but your Master Legend series has convinced me, and I love it. I have found a new joy in playing the game, and I'm, I'm grateful. I've loved listening to you guys' banter and commentary on the design of the game and player base, and I'm looking forward to hearing more. Also, I've heard about these tournaments you guys have hosted, and I'd love to get involved and meet your guys' community you've established. Here's the question. I also believe that Winter Express is the best LTM out there, and I've had trouble thinking of concepts for a new LTM to compare in quality. Any ideas for LTM concepts that could rival how good Winter Express is? Thank you, and keep up the great work, guys. Very nice review and question. Appreciate uh, so it. glad that you found the show, and definitely get involved in the community. Join the Patreon, get in the next tournament. It would be awesome to have you. Join the Discord. Link's in the description. Yeah. That's where we're active. You can add us. You can ask us questions, and we'll respond when we can. 100%. Get in there. Winter Express is certainly legendary. Um, you know, other LTMs that I think would be great is the idea of objectives mm-hmm. in different lobbies, similar to how um, Winter Express is. Like, Arenas, I think, is a really great stab at something that is fun as a new mode mm-hmm. that has teams and has some sort of quasi objectives control as an LTM, even though we're disappointed that it's not permanent, it's pretty cool in terms of something using the BR maps, adding objectives, just like winter express, and then mm-hmm. having teams that are different than the typical BR. I would like to see, I love the three V three V three. Um, yep. I think it could be fun to try doing a 2v2v2 um, and have the duos LTM I think that could be quite interesting and have it be objective based Um, any ideas come to your mind Jay? I've talked a little bit about just I would love to pull other game modes from other successful games and put the Apex spin on it I want to play Oddball from Halo with the Apex characters I want to play Search and Destroy from COD with the Apex characters Um, yeah give me Prop Hunt and apex or something also like gun game gun game they're successful as heck for a reason they're really fun nobody would be mad that apex is ripping off other games because every shooter has these except for knock knock apex really you know so i'd love to see stuff like that non-br ltms essentially is stuff that's really exciting very good next question is pretty insightful Mm -hmm. so get ready Shay. I'm ready. Going from Dungeon Daddy. It's a five-star review. 
In a gaming media ecosystem that incentivizes sensationalism and outrage, this podcast consistently provides a level-headed perspective based in reason and backed by numbers. The hosts do a commendable job providing insight and opinion without simply echoing the noise generated by the Reddit community and other content creators, which is why the third party is my go-to source for all things Apex. My question is, how do you guys tune out the new noise and discern what are genuine issues with the game rather than just flavor of the week complaints. For example, I seem to remember everyone hating Olympus until it went out of rotation and suddenly became everyone's (laughs) favorite map, or how the Rampage was fine for several seasons until, with no changes, it was suddenly broken, etc. As a fun aside, if I may, Overwatch added an experimental mode in which content creators were given full control of game balancing. Most of what they came up with was ridiculously busted, and I think it highlighted just how difficult balancing these types of games really is. Given the community, if Apex Legends allowed a similar thing, what do you think that mode would look like? Great thoughts, and a great question as well. Um, And let me just start by saying that it helps that Henry and I have each other to bounce ideas off of and stuff, and talk about all these things, and we do so before you know, talking publicly about these things. I hate to break it to you folks, but, you know, we do talk about things about Apex off the podcast, off air. Behind the scenes, there's here some of us, some of that breakdown as well at times, which is really cool. Um, But it is just being able to bounce ideas off another person is really nice. And the fact that we've followed the game since day one, I think that helps with understanding the you know, entire ecosystem of looking at not just why a change was made, but who made the change. Because that matters at the beginning of the game versus now. Why does a different team look at things differently? Because that's in the end what you have to look at is the game is changing. And like you're kind of mentioning, you know, they do a pretty good job. I mean, regardless of what's happening, but you got to look at the team that's actually making those decisions. It's really interesting when we looked at the lead designer coming from League of Legends for a long time versus kind of now where we're at with we don't really know who is designing stuff uh, as much. Um, Henry, you can keep building off that if you would like. It's changed, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. over the years in terms of how do we determine if something is a legitimate concern or just people complaining in order to drive engagement or complain because they're way yeah they're overplaying the game almost Mm -hmm. um like shay said we don't know what is going on under the hood as much as we used to um we don't know if there's somebody in charge of legend legend balancing um because that person has gone and we never knew about a replacement even now almost Mm -hmm. uh, nine months later that has proven evident based off of a lack of legend balances um which is disappointing, I think, to us. But the biggest way that we determine if something is legitimate or not and should be spoken about on the podcast, should be uh, dismissed, is the numbers. You mm-hmm. know, it, we look at a potential buff or nerf for a controversial legend like uh, Caustic. We determine what's the impact really going to be based off the numbers. And that's going to help us determine is this good for the game or not. Similar with weapon changes. Uh, point systems as well for different modes. Um, I think we try to root a lot of things in numbers. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that makes it difficult is legend balancing isn't based off numbers. Um, yeah. 
and you don't want your Mirage and your Rampart to be in double-digit pick rates. You mm-hmm. know, um, we've had somebody on the show who's uh, pretty. We're pretty close with it, John Larson, who's an associate live balance designer. He has said that he wants to change the popularity of Gibraltar um, to put him more in a publicly played legend in the double digits. Mm-hmm. I think this is pretty bold. I also think it's pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that change happen for a long time, and we've been talking about changing, nerfing, buffing Gibraltar for over a year now. So, yep. lots to say. Maybe we didn't hit that question perfectly. I mean, you, you said all good stuff, and it's true. Like, you got to look at it from every perspective, you know? And pick rate is a big thing nowadays. When look at stuff, why do esports players want this? Why do content creators want this? And how does it actually affect the people that play the game? every dang day so always got to think about everybody's perspective and balance that to hit on that question real quick if there was something where like the community got to balance stuff i think we would see like four or five playable legends and everyone else would just be absolutely horrible you know it'd probably be back to the good old days of like a wraith watson pathfinder kind of thing in my opinion i think people romanticized that meta from back in the day and i honestly think that those core legends that you would be playing i think that the game would be less gun focused and it would be more ability focused because i think that those ones would get more attention and love than they uh probably deserve i think a lot of streamers want the og wraith q back and all that kind of fun stuff so there'd be a lot of chaos for sure it'd be quite fun to see the weapons in apex are i think massively underrated they're so good and if we're complaining about the wingman being broken like Mm -hmm. that means we're in an awesome spot because i think that's a very fair weapon and i think you're right if if they were to balance if the community were to balance the legends it would not be good and we would move away from the amazing weapons and Mm -hmm. that would be a negative yep definitely Next question, five star coming from Sir Simulacrum. Hey guys, love the podcast and I'm so glad to be a patron. I have a question. So I main mostly Recon Legends, Bloodhound, Pathfinder, Crypto because I'm not the best at aiming. So I rely on information gathering and strategy to win fights. However, I'm mostly playing Crypto now because I got tired of Pathfinder and Bloodhound is overplayed. Also, I got the Crypto Heirloom. When remastering, when's remastering Crypto coming out? I need new tips to break Silver Rank. Makes sense why you're playing Crypto if you got the Heirloom 100%. Don't doubt that for a reason. <laughs> yeah, that's a great reason. Um, crypto's a lot of fun. I consider Crypto to be a very difficult legend. Uh, just not having a movement or gun-focused passive ability makes it quite difficult. Um, the quality of life changes on the drone deployment, I think, are pretty helpful. But you're looking at a difficult legend. The best legend when it comes to the survey beacon but overall, a, a difficult legend. I would say mm-hmm. if you like recon and you feel like you struggle on gunplay, perhaps, Valk. Valk all day. You yep. know, team mobility, easy repositioning, a tactical that does damage. Um, good, good legend uh, that I would definitely give a shot. Probably much easier than crypto in just yeah. terms of how many tools you have in your kit. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I'd say Bloodhound is probably your easiest one to play, though. And I get what you're saying in that, mm-hmm. you know, Bloodhound's maybe getting a little, uh, you know, overplayed or boring in, in a way, shape, or form. And it's just because he's really freaking good and he's easy to use. And he's going to be a great legend at all times. So I'm glad you're mixing it up. Uh, I have a feeling, though, 
you'll probably want to go back to Blood at some point in time uh, for sure. Remastering Crypto is on the list with some of the changes and such. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Don't have an expected date, no, no. unfortunately. It's kind of a long list. We're starting to go through it, but it's mm-hmm. priority. Totally. Next question coming from Winning is Fun. I know y'all used to do some legend concept, and I was wondering, uh, I was listening to one the other day, and I thought to myself that y'all's legend concept would be. What would y'all's legend concept be? Thanks for the great pot. Great question. Winning is fun. And we actually did some in-depth legend concepts on our Patreon as a bonus episode. Um, that was a long time ago. like, And that was fun as heck. Yeah. And I will go as far to say that we've never released a Patreon episode to the public. I would be okay doing that with that episode uh, if we wanted to someday and people really were interested. So let us up in Discord if you want to hear Henry and I's legend concept. We'll need more than one person to ask for that to make it happen. Um, And we'll also need to get Henry's permission on that too. (laughs) Yeah, so we've done that on a patreon episode what was fun about it was our tacticals were almost the same in our concepts which yes. is pretty interesting and we, we did we it did completely one. blind yeah so like we came to each other we, we have a shared show doc yep. but we each brought our own show docs to the episode so we didn't know what the other person was doing yeah <laughs> yeah so they were very similar and then i think for our first year anniversary of the podcast we had legend concepts made of us. So what would Henry and Shay be like in-game, which that was pretty fun. Um, But yeah, good question. Good question for sure. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, who sports over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down.